Hey, everybody. Welcome to your off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast that is streaming a little bit now. Don't forget, every Thursday at 7.30 Central, you can catch one of our streaming shows, which range from talk shows, which do a little bit of explaining about rules, deeper dives into rules, character creation exercises from converting existing pop culture characters to looking at characters from either a storytelling or min-max perspective. The audio that's about to follow is pulled from the third episode of our DM Splaining stream, where we talk a little bit about the different play styles of D&D, what we do, what the guys prefer, and celebrate the fact that as long as you're at a respectful table and everybody's having fun, there's really no wrong way to play Dungeons & Dragons. As a reminder, the Gimme the Loot podcast and all its associated shows are not family-friendly content due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, and, well, not gore in this case, let's just stick it at profanity and crude humor. Be sure to follow us on our socials and our streaming channels that are in the show notes below so you know when we go live and you can catch the video that's associated with this audio. And on that note, please remember this is a secondary recording from a streaming show, so the audio quality will be a little bit more inconsistent. It's not heavily edited, so there's going to be a few more ums, ahs, and pregnant pauses, and the occasional visual reference. The VOD for these videos will always be posted to our Patreon feed. You can check out what other benefits you can get over there at patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast. Our next campaign episode will drop August 24th. And our streaming show this week is the premiere episode of Roleplay versus Roleplay, that story min-max character creation workshop I talked a little bit earlier in the intro. So cool, that's it. Let's hit it with the intro music and get over to this episode of DM Splaining. Thanks, and hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Everybody, we're live. So uh, it's uh, it's time for another DM explaining uh, where uh, we are tackling a big topic today, uh, where we conclusively answer the age-old question of what is the right way to play Dungeons and Dragons. Imagine, if you will, a table in someone's uh, dining room, their living room, their basement, even their backyard, and a group of players converge on it. One of them is carrying a bag full of dice, uh, a basket full of intricately painted miniatures with a rolled up detailed battle map. Uh, another has uh, just a couple of beers and a stack of character sheets uh, and uh, a, a glass of warm tea to warm up for the voice work they're going to do. And this uh, third dude showed up in full on uh, Elizabethan regalia to go go yard with his role playing. Which one of these is who of these which of these players is right? The answer is quite simply, they all are. And that is the secret to playing Dungeons and Dragons and what is the right way to play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, with me to discuss the uh, this age-old question is the party of five. Guys, introduce yourself. 
I am Harlan, and I play Todd the Tiefling. Uh, you guys know me. Um, yeah, I'm new to this, so this is gonna this conversation is gonna be new to me too. Gonna be interesting. I'm uh, Jamie. I play Eldrin Thaneros, the Ranger, and uh, I can only give you one good intro per long rest. So, <laughs> sorry, I had to switch the camera out of egomaniac mode for my bad guys. All right. This is Jazz. I play Fate on the Give Me the Loot podcast, and um, I'm eating dinner. Whoa, we had a we had a discussion off air on whose role that is. There was a party member stealing my shtick. It's okay. It's all right. And I am Anthony, who plays Baba on the Give Me the Loot podcast. Uh, one other uh, thing we want to hit on before we get into the the, the crux of this uh, is today is jazz's birthday Yay! Uh, happy birthday jazz and fate uh, he, he it, i know you guys are thinking it he's not 40 just yet but he, he looks wow. it and his face wow. says 40 ah, wow. but he's really not there yet all right yeah you're right um, i'm not i'm not as old as you harlem and that's why i had to let them know because they might think by looking at you that you were but i had to let them know that you're not so i was doing you a favor sir uh, appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I, unfortunately, Andrew couldn't be with us this episode, um, so there's nobody to sing you happy birthday in a breathy and sexy fashion. I asked Harlan to do it. He wouldn't step up, um, so we'll just we have go, to... Can we go Michael Jackson, Lisa, it's your birthday? Bro, you, <laughs> make it happen. Make it right now. I, was you, never, that was, no, I, was, I said we. I no, did the collective we. No. Thinking no. I. I said we. No, that's no, uh, as as usual. You dance right up to the edge and, and then fancy footwork away. <laughs> <Just> the tip. <laughs> Just listen. Uh, so, um, you know, this, uh, this, uh, and we'll have Andrew do a, a sexy happy birthday song uh, for our Patreon supporters. Um, the uh, Which, by the way, real quick, uh, one other thing. Uh, thank you, our Patreon supporters who are joining us. Uh, you guys are uh, fantastic. You're one of the reasons why we're able to do video content like this and we'll continue to expand what we're doing. Uh, keep an eye on the Patreon feed for our streaming schedule for next month because we are going to change it up a little bit and offer a couple of different uh, other types of shows. Um, any show notes or supporting materials from these will be uploaded onto the Patreon feed. And if you're interested uh, in how to join the hallowed ranks of our Patreon supporters and be as cool as Lee and Matt, uh, then absolutely uh, head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast and check it out. So um, what we'll do, I think, uh, at first is kind of just go around the horn and uh, refresh everybody on um, everybody's level of playing experience. Um, and then we'll kind of dive into some questions and some topics about the different ways to play Dungeons & Dragons. So, Harland, uh, the podcast is actually your first time playing D&D. Correct. Correct. I am D&D newbie, um, lifetime hater of the the game. I, I won't I won't deny that. I, I, I wear that proudly. But um, as I'm playing it, I'm starting to get a respect for it. And and I can see I, I'm enjoying it. Let me not leave it sugarcoated. A year into it. a podcast and you're starting to get respect for it. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not I'm not going to lie. It's um, I but uh, yeah, I'm new to it. So rules are still new to me. Um, it's just it's fun and just hearing you you pro guys play it I, yes and i will call you guys pros because anything you've been doing for 10 20 years you're a pro at it so 
I wish it was like <laughs> ten or twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just going it out there. Jamie, and you you've played a couple of times before, right? Yeah. Uh so I played back in the day, probably I was still in high school, I think. Uh, and I had some friends that were into it. And uh, I had a guy who was a couple years older than me that was, uh, he wanted to be a dungeon master. So he basically set up a campaign. And uh, I played, I think I played a ranger in that campaign too. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so... It, it wasn't super organized and it wasn't like we, we didn't follow the rules like to the T for sure. Back then uh, he just really wanted to tell a story and he was more interested in that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, we, we, we played fast and loose back then. Um, and yeah. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Jazz, you've been playing for a couple of years, right? Yeah. So I just did the math and got sad because I think I have been playing for 20 years now because <laughs> <Jesus laughs> I, I started in high school and that was around 2001, 2002 ish. So, yeah, um, it's, it's important to remember on your birthday, you only get so many and you officially have one less. Anthony, you've <laughs> oh, probably been dark. <laughs> happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Blow the candles out and let the darkness in. <laughs> Anthony, you, you besides me, you've probably been playing the longest, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've played um uh, advanced. I played pretty much every version except for the first one. <laughs> um and even those books I've 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 dived in those before, just never played. Yeah. Um officially so yeah definitely done that well, and this, this topic was actually your idea and and i think yeah. it, and i think it's something excellent to talk about um that you know one of the things that um well again and uh, i'll say you know wizard of the coast as a big company and as a as a one of the pillars of Hasbro certainly have a lot of things to work on as a big company, but one of the things that they do very well is foster a content creator community um, and allow people to go out and create little shows like ours and streaming content. Uh, probably the most famous of which is Critical Role, but then you have your your NAD pods, um, your Adventure Zones, and your Dungeons and Daddies. Um, but that that you know, so a lot of a lot of people. Um, get introduced to Dungeons and Dragons now through streaming or audio content, um, which is done in, in some cases by professional voice actors, um, but is absolutely being done as a performance, um, which mm -hmm. it can set certain expectations when they come to a table. Um, and that's not how everybody plays. How That's not how most of you play, right? I mean, that's not how you play. You, me, uh, yeah, no, like, so, yeah. So my in my home games normally, um, it's it's not super performative. It's more um, it, as far as the sense of like, and and nobody is discouraged from being performative. Right. I I personally just don't. There's definitely people who are you know coloring up their spells like Fate does with you know his little Yu Yu Hakusho fingers, <laughs> and you know, and, and me, I'm I'm probably just gonna cast Magic Missile, right? Like. Right. <laughs> and 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 I think for me it's just because it's the rules, the characters, and kind of the story that's it's and that that immerses more people's to play like that sometimes. Yeah. But like for me, it's that's not where uh, the fun is necessarily. It's great. It's, it's more. I that's the icing to me, yeah. and is not it's not for my enjoyment. It's not the necessary part. 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting because D&D originally started as a way to put a narrative on top of wargaming. You know, it took the chainmail mm-hmm. miniature system and then developed a narrative for it and, has, and evolved over time. And I think um, fifth edition certainly lends itself to narrative storytelling. Um, it's got a little bit more rule support for it and encourages that, I think, a little bit more. But, you know, there's there's frankly, a lot of different ways that you can play D&D. And none of them are are wrong as long as you're not being disruptive at the table. I mean, if you um, show up at somebody's table and role play the hell out of your character to the extent where everybody has to spend five minutes looking up old English to get you to pass them the Fritos, <laughs> then yeah, you're doing a good job role playing, but you're also being a dick. So taken to any extreme, it can be it can be bad, but, you know, D&D can be played very tactically. You know, I mean, it can be Final Fantasy tactics. You can have a giant battle map laid out, um, whether it's pre-printed or something you draw up off yourself or something that you build. You can get the, the miniatures and, and spend the time painting them. Although how people do that without going blind like a uh, Elizabethan orphan, I don't know. Those things are tiny. It's uh, amazing. Um, you can... Um, do it very kind of loose and and just more narratively focused and still not be um, role play oriented. But we, you know, you've you've got to be conscious. I mean, the Matt Mercer effect is is the term that kind of gets thrown out pretty frequently, um, which is the uh, when players expect their dungeon masters to be super energetic and descriptive and and fully immersed in the world they're they're creating and doing doing character voices. Um, you know, I um, I my journey back into the world of podcasting is like, I played D and D for years um, that, that never really did a ton of voices um, and probably was very role play light even for most of it. You know, there are one or two characters that I played for a really long time that I really started to kind of get into and actually think about the motivations of, but a lot of times it was very much like playing a, a pen and paper version of final fantasy. You know what I mean? Of the original yeah, Final fantasy. I, I've always like, I guess my role playing aspect of what I do is more about the decision making. Like yeah. I make decisions based on the character I've made. Right. Without necessarily having to do that character's voice or become that character like in, in our world. Like I just I just make decisions and like, okay, um, like in our in a previous campaign, I have a character, Oath of Oath of Vengeance Paladin, half work and like it's he is he's about his business like he basically almost ha- he almost has a hit list of like all right if i don't get you today i'm definitely getting you tomorrow like they, i have like he pretty much has an on-site list like of and so um these aren't decisions i would necessarily make right. <laughs> but, but he that's that's what he's about and so that's kind of um well, you know, kind of where it, I did that. Yeah. It, it's funny, man, because like I got back into it because I got invited to be on another podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And so my reintroduction to fifth edition and kind of getting back into the world was specifically to do it in front of other people. Um, and, you know, that just gave me the opportunity to ham it up a little bit. And once I discovered like, oh, yeah, this for me, who already kind of had, you know, dungeon mastered for for years and years and years and years and tend to fall to that role kind of naturally anyway, um, as the storyteller, that being able to ham it up a little bit more is, you know, is what I enjoy about it. But uh, again, this is something that is should be established kind of at the beginning of any session, especially with any new gaming group. Um, you know, the the thing that I always fall back on and, and, you know, we were talking about session zeros even before Wizards of the Coast went to the trouble of codifying them in, I think Tasha's is where they finally put them in the rules is, you know, let's make sure everybody wants is 
understands the game that the other person is coming there to play and that mm-hmm. you're the 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 act of you playing your version of the game doesn't interfere with somebody else's i mean that's the, i think that's the one universal rule to it because even those different ways of playing it are not mutually exclusive right. as long as everybody else has respect for, for what's going on at the table um so yeah so there's the tactical element of it there's the role play element of it um you can theory craft like a like a mother that's one of the things we'll actually be doing next month in one of our alternate shows it's kind of an rp versus min max character creation um spin but um you know it really is what um you know figuring out which way you enjoy the best and the nice thing is you know a, a lot of people say well you know don't play at a table that's not playing the same game as you are, but that's not always a luxury that a lot of people have. Right. Um, you know, if you grew up in the country, you may not have a ton of people around you that play D and D it's certainly got gotten more acceptable now, but it used to be that you would never bring it up. Certainly not to strangers in the street. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, I, dude, I know, I know. Um, it, it, you know, it was very much, um, something that you didn't, you didn't talk about, but you know, the nice thing, um, about its acceptance now and the tools that are that are available now is you can actually go on a roll 20 or a virtual tabletops and a lot of those have um, have a uh, looking for group an LFG feature that you can go out and find it and certainly there are DMs out there that you can pay to run sessions for you but I mean even that's hard for some people to go up to and and put themselves out there even online in front of a group of strangers although doing that through the um through the shell of another character can make a little bit easier i mean i've I've got um for somebody who gets on camera and talks about fantasy weird shit and and does some really horrible voices and dances for pennies uh the um i have really bad social anxiety and and anxiety and 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 this is one of the ways that i actually cope with it as as a mechanism for me is is you know creating the characterizations that I can then kind of almost use as a pair of glasses to, to insulate me from those, from those weird feelings sometimes. So, so um, I, I got a question. Cause this is my first time playing. Is it like, like I played basketball all my life and yeah. I, it, to me, it was like, I can go to any basketball court in the country, p- pick up and play with somebody, just pick up the basketball and just play with somebody. Yeah. This, uh, this is me doing this for the first time. This doesn't feel like something like that for me. Like I feel like I'd have played with my friends in order for me to really get the full, but are you guys at the level now where you think, like I said, you can play, I can give me the ball. I'll go with anybody. I'll I'll play with anybody. I'm that good or not just that I'm that good, but I I, I can have fun playing in any circle. I, I go, I join. You know, look, I, I will tell you at least my opinion, and I'll I'd, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts, your take is on it, Anthony and Jazz as well. Um, is as long as you are respectful of the table you're going to, whether it's your first game or your 500th, you're we're at the same level walking into that situation. Um, I may have a few more rules memorized than you. Um, I, you know, I certainly understood what sneak attack was faster than you did, but the, um, the, uh, although it took me a minute, I took you a couple of times. Sneak attack's a weird name for what it really is. Um, it's, it's really just a matter of, you know, coming in and having that dialogue. Okay. What are the house rules? All right. How do you guys handle crits and not, and having the wherewithal not to go, well, that's not how your dad does it. That's not, you know I mean? I'd be like, well, my DM says that when we get natural twenties, we get double bonus on spell damage. It's like, dude, not the time and the place. You know what I mean? Like if that's something that you um, are, especially if you're coming in cold to a table that's already in progress, um, that you, um, 
you've got to be a little bit flexible with that. There's, there absolutely should be a room for dialogue, but um, as long as you're respectful of kind of the, you know, Hey, look, the, 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 we don't, you know, if you're, we're playing half court, you dibble, you know, you, oh, fuck, I am out of sports analogies on this one. <laughs> Anthony, you go. Wait, if, wait, 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 wait. Can, right. I, can I jump in here? Can I jump yeah. in here? Yeah. All right. So just to kind of address Harlan's question directly to him in a way that I think he'll grab, um, I would say it's less like walking up to a court and more like coming to somebody's house that you hadn't been to before and playing dominoes. See, dominoes ain't my thing, but I got you. But you, but, this, but this you know what I'm rules, talking about. There's house right. rules in every mm-hmm. game you play, right. pretty much. Yeah. And so sometimes you got to sit down and have that conversation of, do we get in on five? Is it 10 to get in? Can I do a wild draw four on your draw twos? <laughs> there we go. Right. There you go. <laughs> you got it. So, yeah, but it's with, I would say with D&D, it's less of the rules and more so of the attitude of the room mm-hmm. and how it's going to be played. Yeah. So some people come in like with my when I first started playing, everything was like, at least from my perspective, everything was strictly about like the combat. Like I was I was dialed in on like, I want to build this crazy min maxed out character who goes into every fight and just beats everybody's ass. Right. Like I used to come up with all kinds of crazy ass fighter combos and um. Uh, barbarians dual wielding axes and because that was just how i was introduced to the game in third edition but like as i've played more and i've been around and seen people role playing and been like ridiculously entertained by those people doing that i start finding myself like that's like honestly fate is the first character that i've ever truly tried to like role play i've never done a voice before 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 fate so anybody who listens you can probably tell that because I fall in and out of Fade's voice all the damn time. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Inconsistent character voices and NPC voices are intentional and are a trademark of our podcast. <laughs> um, it's it's what we do. We make it special for you. So, but yeah, no. So that's just like a thing that I guess with D&D, like it's come as you are and you'll kind of pick up the rest of it on your uh, as you go but you everybody can kind of enjoy the game for the way they want it to enjoy it with and you can do that generally without interfering with anybody else's way of yeah. trying to play the game yeah and i i think i would kind of and not necessarily on the rules but kind of the comfortability like mm-hmm. i think it's like um it's like improv right yeah it's like it's like who's your line right like you the people on on the professional level, they've been together so long and been doing it for so long, they can rift off each other like crazy, right? Yeah. And we may be able to do improv with each other right now, like, mm-hmm. but if you just go to a public place and they're like, all right, we're doing improv, let's have people get on stage. Like, yeah. that's going to be a lot more difficult and there's going to be people who are at different degrees of comfortability with that. Like, yeah. and just because you've done it before and you kind of know the medium, you can maybe jump in there and have an easier time, even with people you don't know. Whereas like, you know how to play with us, you know what to expect with us even before you started playing because we've played other things. Like right. <laughs> right. It, it's, this is not much different than no. I told my wife. I was like, uh, I was describing it to her. I was like, you remember when I would play destiny upstairs? Yeah. It's like that. But the- <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I joke about the inconsistent character voices being intentional, but that, that is very much intentional. When when I was designing, you know, when I was finding myself in the position where I'd have the opportunity to kind of start my own podcast because of the way things were shaking out on the other one, um, I had kind of this core concept of it, you know, fuck up stuck in a 
cosmic adventure um, that, you know, didn't necessarily get along, weren't antagonistic towards each other, but had that good, really just hardcore ball busting bro dynamic. And, you know, that having just the right group of people to do that with was perfect. I mean, make no mistake, you know what I mean? Like that was um, that it was just kind of a serendipitous thing where it's like, okay, yeah, these guys um, fit exactly the story that I want to tell the time that I want to tell it. So did, did Turner just complimentarily call us fuck ups? No, no, no. Your characters are fucked up. No, 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 no. Uh, I have a tremendous respect for Jamie, Anthony, and uh, and Jazz. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie, so you come from uh, uh, the. You and Harlan both come from the kind of the, the video game development world. When um, when you started playing D and D, how? I, I guess Look, my question is, Anthony, you do, Anthony does too. Sorry. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. My bad. My bad, Anthony. My bad. Uh, the um, how does uh, how does kind of from being that background did that color your perspective or your expectations of I mean because again look most people now who are especially kids who are starting D and D have all played an RPG before like when my old ass I played RPGs when they were the only RPGs you know what I mean the closest thing I had to an electronic game uh, uh, like this when I was a kid was Black Tower which was fucking incredible. Um, but it certainly wasn't, you know, Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft or any of the things that that people have worked their way through before sitting down at a table and doing the pen and paper thing. And so much so that even some of the mechanics presence in those games reflect the mechanics of D&D. Um, when you kind of sat down to play D&D for those first couple times, did that influence what your expectations were? Or how does that like color your approach to gameplay? Yeah, so... I, I grew up playing Final Fantasy and basically early NES and Super NES RPGs, like a lot of Japanese RPGs. Uh, and basically in those games, you usually are given a set of characters to play as, and you don't really like make, you know, mm-hmm. decisions as those characters all the time. Like there's a couple times you get some text options and that's about it. Uh, but it's not like you don't build the character from the ground up. And that's the thing that I think was, I was not, you know, expecting that with Dungeons and Dragons at first, so that you yeah. have to like start from nothing and then turn that into something, you know? Right. Um, so it, it was a little weird getting used to that. Uh, but once I did, I mean, now, nowadays, like games give you a lot more opportunity to do that sort of thing, like Mass yeah. Effect and uh, games like that give you more of a chance to build the character around what you want to do than just say, hey, you're this dude with spiky hair and you yeah. fuck shit up with a sword. Like, <laughs> well, I think what's cool. That's perfect. It is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What 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 I think is what I really liked about Five E kind of coming back into it, especially now that my kids are playing and I'm playing with my kids. Um, and yes, I do play test certain encounters and puzzles with my kids before I bring them to you guys. Um, strangely, I don't have to fine tune the difficulty up that often uh, when I do. Um, but uh, you know, look when I play and I do the voices when I when I play with them, but. Um, you know, it, I, backgrounds in 5e, I think, are a great um, are a great tool for people that are new coming in. Like, oh, God, do I have to write this really in-depth, super complicated character backstory to really enjoy playing? D-? No, you don't, man. You can just say, yeah, my guy's a fighter. I was a sailor beforehand. Now, I mean, there's there's categories that you can pick for backgrounds. Not every um, 
not every character has to have this super complicated tragic backstory. Not everybody's in orphan, Are you sure? Hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. Um, well, know, orphans, everyone knows orphans are better um, heroes. Everyone right. knows that. It's it's perfectly acceptable for your wizard to have had a healthy childhood and their parents are still alive and not um, in, indentured to the devil. And, um, you know, yeah, just are out there, you know, wanting to do good things or, or doing their job. Um, you know, it can, you know, and it can be funny. It can be serious. Again, it, it, it the key thing is to, you know, read the room. I mean, I guess that's probably the, the biggest thing, I, biggest advice I would give to anybody new coming into D&D is read the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get a feel for what you're, what you're, what the group is going for. Um, you, by no means, if it's not your vibe, if you're in with a group and they just aren't, it, you're not stuck with that. I mean, there are other options out there. You shouldn't ever, uh, you should never feel like you have to take one for the team. It's just like swinging. You should never feel like you should have to take one for the team. If you guys aren't both vibing on that other couple, totally <laughs> move on. There's some, there's Man, I, I really had to, I, I needed you to finish that sentence. Yeah. I was like, is he talking about dancing? <laughs> I was, no. I was picturing baseball and I was like, oh yeah, I was, I was sure. Just, wait, wait, wait a minute. No, wait. I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> I've had that one dialed up most of the afternoon. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, don't take one for the team. I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I'm not, fuck the sports ball. I'm going to. Is that a triple? I feel like that was a triple on Tanja. Yeah, there you go. It's we're but three I, I layers that, deep in this intention. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's really important. Is that reading the room? I think mm. knowing um, and 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 especially reading the DM. Yeah, the DM I think sets the tone as to sure. what we're doing and how we're doing it. And so, like that was something I had to get used to coming in here mm. uh, and and kind of the transition of learning kind of learning from Turner, like, okay, how does this work with audio? Right. right. Like I've never been recorded. I've never cared about someone listening to what I'm doing. <laughs> it's never been something I cared about whatsoever. So it's like right. it, that mindset and having to do that, it's like, okay, cool. Like I need to do more than just, you know, say what I'm doing, give, give some insight to why I'm doing it or like, yeah. or, or where I'm at and what I'm next to and like, and trying to be more descriptive with what I'm trying to do. And, and so like, those were never concerns before. And so reading the room and the DM of like, okay, cool. This needs to be not necessarily more performative, but just more yeah. inf informative actually. Well, yeah. it's funny, but I think that was the biggest out of anybody who had to make an adjustment. I think you and jazz, had because very much especially from 3.5 on position and movement and distance is very much a core yeah, yeah, of yeah. the rules centric way of playing DD and it is really fucking hard to convey that in audio and it's even more hard to convey convey that in a way that's compelling um you know uh, and, and don't get me wrong i'm sure there are really hardcore rule centric actual play podcasts and streams out there that are all about, Hey, this is the, the, you know, the radius on my cone of cold and this is exactly how it lays out. And these are the guys that, and if that's your bag and that's what you love doing great. And if that's what you love listening to fantastic, I can't recommend one of those because that's sure is not what I like listening to. So um, it's not my cup of tea, um, but you know, it's, it's very much a different play style. And that was the, it, it was a little bit, trickier for you guys to kind of lose that instinct more than it was for the new guys to come in and be like, 
I majestic as shit. You know what I mean? Like that, that <laughs> stuff that kind of, <laughs> kind of rolls off. Um, yeah, Before, no one can say the word majestic around me anymore. It's, yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> right. Well, no, it, as as an example of that though, like um, I think in the first episode, it was was Gooch the one who cast fear or his brother? Yeah, no, it was his brother. And you called me out on the. No, you yeah. didn't call me out, but you know what I mean. You were like, yeah. or, or no, it was Thunder. So you're like, where the fuck is this guy at? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm in my no, mind. It, wasn't under, it was the fear. It, it, was, it, was, it was the fear. The fear. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't think he could actually get all of us. Like, I don't think no. that's possible. And, and here's the thing. And and quite frankly, they may take away my DM card for saying this, but you're fucking right. And and, and let's let it be known now. There's a reason why uh, if you're if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, we do a PVP tournament where the guys fight each other um, called the Tournament of Champions. Uh, Anthony became our de facto line judge because when it comes down to the rules of 5e, he knows them way the fuck better than I do. Um, and, and is generally the, the, who I will lean on if I'm not, sh- if I'm missing something or I'm slipping up on something. And, you know, as a podcast, we definitely are playing D and D we're not, you know, we are not a full blown rule of cool improv, um, podcast. I like that we are, you know, playing it, that there's just a game mechanic to it. I think that's part of what our show brings. Um, but yeah, it is, you know, it is definitely theater of the mind. Um, I, you know, I try and strike a balance between using even I've gotten more comfortable with using battle maps, but they're more of a, I use them now more of as a cue card for me to, Mm -hmm. to set a descriptive scene within the area that you guys are in because I'm not describing what that battle map looks like half the time. I'm just using that as a visual cue to go, Oh, there's a tree on this fucking map. Let's say, let's talk about some bark texture to add some, you know, some additional version. You know, let's make you know how much research I've done into different <laughs> types of swamp fauna over the last month <laughs> since you guys have gone to Hiko. Like, I cannot wait to get you guys out of your current art because I'm tired of talking about mangroves and cypress. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> why did I? Not you know, because what was, I wanted what to was, make a mental oh. note on the fact that. Turner came prepared for us to ask him about the trees again because we got his ass in the first arc. <laughs> oh no, you didn't, Mother, dude! There, were, I I kid you not, I had underbrush. Like, like when I go, motherfucker, I'm ready to talk to about trees for an hour and a half because I had done the research. Um, and that's and look, let's be real. That's one of the reasons why you guys are set in an alternate U.S. because it's a shorthand for me to do scene setting. You know, Dak mm-hmm. is that kind of. Um, you know, Ohio, kind of central, uh, right on the border, maybe of the Dakotas, um, is why it's called DAC, uh, it is for me to be able to pull a map, pull up a map and go, okay, what fucking trees are in this region? What brushes in this region? And then that lets me kind of get some scene setting with some very easy research. Now, the the setting that you guys are in currently is a little bit weirder and we'll get into exactly why tomorrow when we record the next session because you guys are getting the big lore dump but um you know that's um that's just part and, and that actually kind of opens the door for what i want to talk about about kind of dming as well but before we do that harlan and i mean i think you touched on this a little bit as a new player coming in mm-hmm. what what kind of were your expectations of of what was going to happen when you sat down at the table like in your mind you know what what was going like what the hell am i going to have to do for this I did actually. I didn't know. I really, I really didn't know. I was creating a character that I that I like to play, um, but 
like pretty much the character that I that I made is the character that I like to play in all video games. In all games, I just like to go up to people and just beat them. Right, that was it. the The hardest, the, the difficult thing that I I, I was going to didn't understand was the rules and like why can't mm-hmm. I just do this? Why right. what, what can I do? Uh, why like that's the part that I was going to trip on, and I still trip on it because yeah, I just don't know. I want to do something, but then I find out I can't do something or I. Like, that's the thing. I didn't want to be horrible at it, but it, it turned out that I, I'm still horrible at you it. Like, there's <laughs> so many different things. I'm like, do I do a perception check? Like, I'm still learning. Before so anybody much. falls for this, this is his attempt to get a pity vote for our MVP. Hold <laughs> it up right now. Don't fall for this. First of all, do not fall for this. I don't, do I don't not fall for this. Once, once they see the growth of my character play, they will already know that MVP should have been mine by now already. <laughs> you know, I got to admit, especially like with with Harlan, Jamie and Andrew, like the growth on their characters is very apparent, mm-hmm. like from the from the point where they start where we start and then them kind of figuring their characters out. Like yeah. Todd has become has like doubled down on himself from where he started. Right. Um, Moyle is much more expressive in his chaos and Jamie has found a way to like make Eldrin like that much more of an asshole and yet still like be completely reliant. Like he's like if Deadpool were Hawkeye at the same time. <laughs> That's a pretty cool one. Like, like I, I don't remember the first time, like I told you when we was doing it, I didn't realize that Moore was our healer. I had yeah. no clue. He, he didn't use us. He didn't for the record, he didn't neither. <laughs> oh, see, okay. I thought it was just me. Yeah, yeah. Thought he was the tank, remember? Yeah. That, that happened did. last episode, didn't it? it in did. the last episode. He's like, he's like, fate, why don't you heal me? <laughs> no, he was no, that that's uh like five or six episodes. The, the, the last episode was I'm almost dead, fate, because fate <laughs> had collected most of his uh, a couple of his heal potions. Um, when he was going oh, up the steps to, to try and yeah. uh, Babe Ruth a boulder <laughs> off of a trap, um, and then fate managed to get himself trapped in a gazebo of death. Um, <laughs> while uh, while you guys, man, and like if I have one regret about that fight, is that none of you got hit by that polymorph ray during the fight because that was amazing. I as disappointed as I am about that. Um, the fact that you didn't is made that the ending where you just couldn't stop getting hit by it even better. Um, and, and you know, I mean, that's the, to be perfectly clear and to, and to kind of double down on this point, we play podcast Dungeons and Dragons. Podcast Dungeons and Dragons is absolutely different from regular Dungeons and Dragons. Not that there is a quote unquote regular Dungeons and Dragons. Um, you know, the, the big thing is if what you hear you can emulate that play style if that's what you want to go for, but that's not the way that it has to be. And you shouldn't be disappointed or intimidated by the other product that's, that's out there. Um, you know, if you watch football, you shouldn't be afraid to go out and play, throw a ball around with your kids because you can't huck it, you know, 80 yards downfield. Um, because I, I can't, you know what I mean? Um, so and I you said you were out of sports analogies. I know, I lied. <laughs> I'm a dirty, rotten fucking liar. Um, you did hear me pull up short on naming a fucking player that can huck at 80 yards down. You know? I, I, uh, but, uh, Rico. Rico can. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico can, yeah. You're right, I should have gone for the Napoleon Dynamite reference. I never run out of those. So, um, 
real quick, I know, obviously, I know I've DM'd. Um, Anthony, have you ever uh, run a game? Uh, yeah, but not like a long session or anything like that. Just kind of, um, I'm usually the, uh, we don't have a DM. Mm. All right, I'll do it because I know how to do this better than the rest of you. <laughs> but Jazz, now, yeah. Same question. Um, I have DM'd in in situations where there was like an, a collective that wanted to play D&D mm-hmm. and nobody else was going to do it. So yeah. it was just like begrudgingly like, fuck, fine. <laughs> and then I do it. And then they learn that I am a terrible, terrible um what's the word i'm looking for here i'm a sadist of a dm i'm i'm here to put you through as much pain and torture as possible i'm trying to get every session to get the players as close to death as possible without actually killing them sometimes i step over the line if i was a dm that's kind of how it would be because it it seems like like to me the dm is part of the game like he is a player it's people versus the dm so if that's people versus the dm it's the dm versus people too and that's what i would do i wouldn't be a jerk to kill you but i'm trying to kill you without being a jerk you would play that way i would yeah i I can see yeah yeah it um it uh that's definitely the way that certain people run their campaigns and and again i think as long as you're up front about that and set the expectations going. It's like, dude, we're, we're playing hard mode. And I think, I think Anthony, you're the one that you talk about, like you guys were doing tomb of annihilation and you were doing like DC 15, um, DC 15 death saves. And, um, and again, as long as you're clear about that, guys, this is going to be a real tactical. This is, you know, the, this is, you know, last man standing wins. That's not my perspective. And and I can say that is a really kind of an easy mindset to get into because you're sitting at opposite sides of the table. I'm putting challenges in front of you to get you to overcome them. And it's it's very weird. Um, you know, dungeon mastering is an extremely um, intimidating thing for a lot of people. Um, there's a perspective like, oh, I've got to come up with all these incredible stories. Number one, no. No, you absolutely don't. Um, you go out. Buy one of the starter boxes. It will walk you through doing that. Um, Lost Minds of Fandelver and uh, I think Dragons of Icepire Peak are the two starter boxes that are out there. Uh, the, the Stranger Things um, is an excellent starter kit. I actually ran my team through uh, the, the Stranger Things box set at work as a team building event. As a, It was a whole thing. None of them had ever played Dungeons and Dragons before. Um, it was a, a great entry point for them. It's a decent, it's a very straightforward uh, adventure for somebody who's new DMing. Or, so, you know, you don't have to be hemming, thank God, you don't have to be Hemingway to DM. You don't have to come up with all these flowery, incredible descriptions. You just be have to be able to set the scene yes you have to adjudicate the rules no you don't have to have them memorized um use dnd beyond don't i mean i i resi- i'll be i'll admit i resisted it for a real long time because i'm not uh, i like having the hard copy books i'm not super happy about having to double dip on the digital um, but since i bit the bullet and made the investment holy shit it's made our home game so much easier um you know my wife and kids come to the table every saturday and sit down and they have their ipads and they have their character sheets on their ipads and they've got all their spell descriptions where they can just click and and throw them out there it makes things so much easier if you've got the if you've got the ability and the resources to do that um you know beforehand i was writing their spells out on little three by five cards for them um you know you uh, 
Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, a distinction I definitely wanted to make was there's a difference between playing D&D on what they call meat grinder or kind of the hard yeah. mode and your DM trying to kill you. Because your DM can yeah, always kill you. No, yeah. <laughs> I, get like, I can get pissed off like, oh man, they completed that puzzle way too easy and a mm. dragon comes. Like I can do that. <laughs> that. Like <laughs> Your DM can always kill you. That's not. <laughs> and so there's well, a difference between that and just being it being difficult. Like Either, it, it, you know, yeah. what's funny, man, is is I am a big believer, and there's not a wrong way to play D and very hypocritically, I do think there's a wrong way to be a dungeon master, and, and yeah. I think I think being against your being against your players mm-hmm. is is not because for me, I don't win as a dungeon master if I kill all of you. Right. Um, I win. If the group of people, I dude, I don't win if I tell a great story. I don't win if I come up with a great puzzle. I if I can construct a setting where five people, six people, two people, three people can come and sit down at a table and have fun for an hour to three hours, and you know that I am kind of orchestrating the environment for that. Uh, like, am I, am I the the host at a party or am I the host in a uh, in a fucking escape room, which I've never been to escape room. Do they have hosts? I don't fucking know. I'm going to assume they do um, th- for, for the point of this conversation. That's that's success for me as a DM. If I can make one of you canonically have a tiny penis because you fucking thought you were going to like change some paladins and I can make you roll a dice, then yes, there are there are double win situations for me. Absolutely. That was a double win for everyone. That was a double that win was, for everybody. God, that was fantastic. That was hilarious. <laughs> But, but again, you know, so I mean, I, it, that that being said, like if if I wanted to run a really hardcore game and I got a group of players together and say, guys, look, my my and this goes back to Gary fucking Gygax. I mean, Tomb of Horrors, which is the first edition of Tomb of Annihilation, was written explicitly to kill his motherfucking players. Like if you go back and you look at the history of that module, he was tired of his group of people, the core group of guys who designed and created the original dungeon, advanced Dungeons and Dragons of surviving. And he crea- he crafted a dungeon that was just a, a slaughterhouse. Uh, and, and, you know, it's now been rebooted in Tomb of Annihilation. So this is something that has been kind of an underlying deal all the way, all the way going back. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of, the the real burden to being a dungeon master is that that host aspect of it where if mm-hmm. you've got a new player coming to the table um yes you would like, hope that you have a good enough table that they're going to constructively help that new person coming in but it's your obligation as the dungeon master to facilitate that um if you've got somebody who doesn't seem to be enjoying the style of play it's your obligation to have that conversation with them you know in a non-confrontational way to see hey look is there something that we can tweak here to get you as invested in i mean because look especially at at jazz's advanced age it's hard to stake out this time every week to do this you know what i mean okay Um, you know what (laughs) look i'm old as fuck i get to do <laughs> that I'm all here. Here. Is all right. Right. Yeah. yes i am by, by quite a bit yeah. 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 but you couldn't see it that's the that's the point i'm trying to wow. let everyone right. else right. who know, you know what? look at his face he's, he's weathered is that wrong <laughs> yeah experience is what his face says that's, that's, you, you're damn right i'm i'm a you know what it's like when you play a character in D D. that's like level 
fit. This is like level five or six already, but he's only like 17 year old child. That's what's happening here. I've already got a lot of experience in the world having to survive this place. I like to say when you when you every child you has adds 10 to 15 years. So in that aspect. I've got all y'all beat by like a bunch. 60. <laughs> <laughs> He's like 60. So you can see it on his face. He may be younger, but his face doesn't say that. Wow. The disrespect. I, I, I don't. All right. Just, <laughs> I, I will say that's been one of the um, really cool parts of, of playing D&D is now being at the point where I get to play it with my kids um, and get to Dungeon Master for them and get to, to watch them play and come up with characters um, and the different ways that they that they do it um for because real. uh for two reasons one it's it's really cool to get to have that interaction it is the first time we've ever legitimately had a consistent family game night um and uh yeah uh, number three i get to play test y'all's content on it uh on them um but but also um you know it is uh it's fucking so beautiful as a dm not to have somebody who knows the answer to every single motherfucking Riddler trope out there. Like, it's all new. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am the most creative dad in the history of daddom when I'm playing with them. And it's beautiful. Um, Riddle of the Sphinx, they know it now. I was about to say, yeah. the Riddle of the Sphinx is a classic one. You like, guys. It's a classic one, yeah. No. Um, did you give them the train pr- problem that you gave us? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I did not give them the train problem. I don't do all of them. Uh, I don't I do not do 100%. That you, was, you, didn't, you didn't make some plot calculators and figure that one out? Dude, That's that one up, backfired. Man on me um that was the one i expected that one to be the uh the drag of the uh the riddle contest not you guys not being able to count the number of letters <laughs> Letter in the weird alphabet. The problem is we overthought it. We it's, definitely it, overthought we it. We're like, what? what well, we couldn't count. Yeah. And you got over that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say, the problem, well, it was that we overthought it, then we underthought, underthought it. it. yeah. And then we overthought it. once we got to the right place. Go back and listen to this week's episode, The Journey that exists <laughs> between Moyle being like, I've got the answer. <laughs> To you guys putting that first elemental tile in is <laughs> is epic. It is war and fucking peace. It is like it is just the rise and fall of man in one. I know this. And yeah. then uh then no, no, not really fucking knowing. Um, if you use the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> There was there was some epic level fucking uh, uh, murder wall coming up uh, uh, with a, uh, with uh, with conspiracies on that one. Um, if we could do a different style of play, um, is there a different style of play that you think you guys um, would enjoy more than the performative? Like if we just um, if uh, we had carte blanche to put whatever content that we wanted to put out there just from a person, but just from a pure enjoyment standpoint, not worrying about what other people think of the way we are doing. Um, would you prefer a more strategic or a more dramatic role-playing version? Uh, Harlan, you first. Um, I don't know about a dramatic role-playing version. I just had an idea. Like, like I, when I played World of Warcraft, I did not want to play on PVE servers. Get yeah. that out of my face. I want to play against somebody. If our five group of people went on to just fight a random other D&D kit group of people that was playing their game, I'd love to do that. Let's just battle it. Like, 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 you yeah, like, you heard podcasts. it here first, two other podcast. Fucking Todd the Tieflings throwing down the gauntlet. Let's get this shit going. That's, Jamie, what, I, that's what I'd like. Jamie saying, we can make, we'll make that happen. Shit, we'll find it. Hang on. So, so I, 
Sorry, uh, no I I uh, I do enjoy the 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 idea of playing like a harder difficulty thing where it's like all about trying to trying to uh, min max a character and do the most damage possible and survive. Like like that sounds fun to me, but I also like really enjoy doing like the uh, the improv type mm. uh, performative thing because I think it flexes you know some things that I don't get to do every day. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. Jazz. Man, I'm kind of torn because, like, I find myself in that transition of going from really liking one to really liking the other. Yeah. Um, so I I think if, if we were to play with the group we have now, um, I think the most fun we could have would be to play like just like put us in like a big one shot, like but like full tactical situation to allow, you know, some of our to allow everybody to kind of really kind of get the grip of their character and how it works. Um, I think being able to give Harlan and Andrew and Jamie that full on immersion of how the rules and everything kind of set mm-hmm. and works out and seeing what the hell they come up with at that point. Yeah. Would be a whole different set of fun to, to, to go into. Um, but that's just me. But also I have, in, in listening to our podcast because we're because the release is so far behind when we play i'm really enjoying the story yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at now well cool anthony same question so the part that i that i kind of miss and and it just doesn't work as well on a podcast is i i really like the board mm-hmm. i like the grid i like positioning i like uh, being aware of my position and and kind of moving around the board and that took some getting used to like yeah. um and so I, it's just that's kind of where I kind of live there especially in combat yeah. like I, I I want to position myself here so that this person can go there making sure I don't block hallways or intentionally blocking hallways right. like <laughs> um so I that's yeah, that, the part I kind of miss but I, I understand that right. it just doesn't work no, hey, we're not talking about what works or what doesn't work or yeah. what you like playing. Yeah, that's a whole layer that we we had. I mean, I had at one point, I think I said, guys, stop fucking asking me how far away shit is. All right. Just <laughs> just, just ask me, hey, this is what I want to do. Can I do it? And I'll say, yeah, mm, yeah maybe this round, maybe next round, this is what you got to do. Um, because that that spatial orientation is one thing that we we have to get so that people can kind of create that mental image when they're doing it. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, look, the rules, I you know, and. Because of, you know, the bulk of my time playing D&D really being in second edition, I played first edition, I played the red box, but I mean, I, in high, you know, eighth grade through early college, I played second edition and, you know, that's where the bulk of my time is and, and really, you know, where I cut my teeth as a DM with the rogue campaign that, that I ended up taking over and running. Um, and that there wasn't a board. It wasn't as a big part of the game back then. And we certainly didn't have as many digital tools available to us. But I think, you know, as you look in the the later players handbooks, like I think three, five, you start to see miniatures pop up and then four it's flat on in how they're explaining the rules. I mean, it's part very much, I think even the game board is integrated into the player handbook rules. It's, it's definitely a huge part of the game now. And it's uh, that is one thing that if I had to say that I regret not being able to do more consistently, um, I do kind of miss having that part being because there's a part of even engineering um, encounters for you guys to do that. It's hard for me to construct. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, and I think I think the board actually would have helped some of the new players if, yeah. if it was available, because there's certain things that you say, like when you say 
y'all within five feet of each other, I automatically right. know that means they're next to each other. Right. Because that's how the board works. Yeah. Right. Like, but they may not know that. They may not like they may know think I need to get closer to attack them. And I'm like, no. Right. Five feet means you're next to them. Like, yeah. Just, well, especially with Andrew yeah. has those tiny little T-Rex arms. I know it's, you don't, you guys don't, it's yeah, but I could, I can definitely see how that would be. Um, that's what you get when you don't show up to the stream, Andrew. Um, he, he's listening though. I think he asked for the link to listen. I was like, Oh, that just means you don't follow us on our fucking Twitch channel. Thanks. dude. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, that's, um, you know, that's, I, I think again, if I, you know, uh, if I had better now that keep in mind, I don't use that with my home game with that. I play with my wife and, and kids. We really just kind of started using D and D beyond, but that, you know, there are, you know, roll 20, I think is the, you know, is the one that a lot of people use. Um, I've just started messing with um, I think foundry virtual tabletop because I got a bunch of assets for the, the charity stuff I did with um, games tavern a while back. I got some stuff for foundry. I'm like, okay, this is a whole other setup I've got to do, but um, it it is definitely a cool aspect to it. I think that adds adds some um, adds a much more strategic element to it uh, that uh, you know uh, we just you know we don't get that. and we you know live streams like you can go out and find other D and D live streams that do it, um, mm-hmm. but pacing is such a huge issue for me on the the production side of things, and um, yeah. you know it's nice then the in the in the like the regular cast sessions that yeah guys if we gotta stop and look up rules for 15 minutes i i cut that shit out and i don't even save it for patreon content if you guys want 15 minutes of asmr of me flipping through the dmg or the player's handbook to explain you know look up a spell description or or a you know fucking once again what exactly are the fucking rules for jump distances um (laughs) You know, I will happily I know, I record, happily record that and post it. Um, but in a live stream, it's just there. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just like I, 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 again, not knocking the people that do that. Um, I have a ton of respect for somebody who can, you know, be that prep for it and organize it. We, I did it with the other podcast, um, and it's definitely, um, it's definitely different. But dude, I just, it's not, it's not my cup of tea to consume so that makes it you know twice as hard for me to produce um mm-hmm. you know it's hard for me to even get a fucking green screen to work right from stream to stream um <laughs> so cool um is there you know i think that kind of hits um a lot of what i had to say and i think a lot is, does anybody else have anything they kind of want to chime in on on this particular topic as far as um you know, barriers to entry on Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, opinions on different ways to play it or. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely want to say like, I think anyone who's um, thinking about playing D and D or hasn't played D and D before, like don't think you have to be a certain thing or have mm-hmm. to be a certain way. Come in uh, as a blank slate, like Harlan did. And, you know, yep. and you, and you can really learn to enjoy yourself in whatever the session is. Like, I think, don't think you have to be, you know, Shakespearean and make, uh, you know, wonderful monologues and all this kind of stuff. And and, and even on the DM side, don't think like like yeah. you're saying, like, don't think you have to be, you know, have everything all put together, you know, and just sometimes you make it up and you do yep. it and just have fun. Like, I think that's the biggest part is like, you're here to have fun, do whatever you need to do to have fun. Exactly. You know, and that, that is the real answer to what, is the right way to play D and D is in a, in a manner so that, that you're having fun and the people that you're playing with 
are having fun as you long as murder hobos uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go out and kill 50 squirrels so we can lever up fuck you man that's why we do milestone experience at my table um, the, uh, yeah i know some people don't like it but uh <laughs> again pacing man it lets me pace out where you got what powers you guys I understand have. i just don't like it no i don't look man as a as somebody who played for a real long time being able to chart where i'm at on that experience table on those points is part of the reward cycle for mm. it. um it is very much so but look man i struggle with keeping the concept of keeping gold pieces in the podcast because i'm like man i you know it's fun to give you guys those rewards but poof, if i have a, one more session where moyle goes into swap meet mode over a fucking <laughs> power word heal i am i'm i'm out of here um you know so you know i again i think they're but you know it's uh you know it, it don't be afraid to play don't be afraid to dm you know what i mean like if you've got to um if you got to step up and tank every now and again in in your mmo step up and be the tank um if your friend is stepping up and dming uh don't second guess them the entire time uh, a lot of times it's a thankless job um you know appreciate the fact that there's somebody that's doing that and you know take turns you know what I mean? Like there's, there's no better way to appreciate the work that goes into being a DM or work that goes into being a player than, um, than walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. So, um, oh God, that sounds terrifying. Sorry. I just thought about you saying walk a mile in each other's shoes and then wondered about the implications of that upon the podcast. Now I'm not going to make y'all switch feet. I didn't have that planned at all. I don't wear shoes. I don't think Moyle does either. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, more, I think more, well, he certainly does now, doesn't now. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't been published yet, but I'm sure it goes down with Moyle Mossberg, gang. <laughs> um, so, uh, just around the horn, uh, just to, the, the closer question we're going to do then, uh, we'll go in intro order is um, outside of Dungeons and Dragons, what is uh, your perf- your favorite type of RPG? besides pen and paper like is it uh is it an mmorpg is it a a tactics rpg or what's your favorite just give me give me a rpg recommendation or uh what you like harlan go i'll go um the first when that's one the first rpg i played but one of my favorite ones of all times is super mario rpg yeah, it, it, it really like <laughs> Just because it added like special moves, tag team moves, and I was just like, "This is weird," but it was excellent. It was the first real, real RPG that I remember playing all the way through and loving it. And then I think after that, I went back and played some of the other ones, like Chrono Trigger and things like that. But I think Super Mario RPG was my the one that said, "Okay, this is this is the this is a really nice genre." Because before that, I really didn't like it. <laughs> Damn, Axum Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have never played Super Mario RPG. Man, you should. Oh, you gotta fix that. Yeah. That was yeah, what Square did do no wrong. Square, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't care what they touched. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, same question. Oh boy. Uh, so, like Harlan, I also uh, played a shit ton of uh, Super Nintendo RPGs. Uh, I played a lot of Final Fantasy games. Final Fantasy uh, Six is still the best one, but I think. I am like an addict for MMOs and I've been playing them basically since Ultima online. Uh, so I really enjoy the social aspect of it and, uh, you know, getting together with some friends and just tackling dungeons and stuff like that. So I, I MMOs are probably my favorite. Jazz. So 
I got started off with RPGs with uh, Final Fantasy. Um, that's probably my favorite franchise, but I would say, of like you said, favorite type of RPGs, I would have to go tactical. And I think that that was revealed to me after playing an entirely separate RPG, a game called Valkyria Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And the ridiculous amount of combat strategy that went into that game and the utter level of frustration like I, I, the game made me put it down for like six months just out of pure rage and then come back and still like i gotta finish beating this game like it was it, the the it was like playing chess against you know I, I felt like some master level computer that was just constantly whooping my ass i, I love i love the strategy and the thought that's going to go into games like that anthony yeah just to, just to sell, sell the point on Valkyrie chronicles salute to anyone who beat that game <laughs> it, like, it, it's, thank it's, you. I'll it's, take that. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm saluting my damn self. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was, I was definitely going to go with tactical as well. Um, and I hadn't, I actually hadn't remembered, uh, hadn't thought about Valkyrie because it's, it's such a different take on tactical, but like Final Fantasy Tactics, um, uh, another one, I, I kind of obscure when I played, I don't think a lot of people played like, uh, Jeanne Arc on PSP. Hmm. um like there's there's a lot of i think the tactical games kind of give you that i like building teams i like finding these different combinations of different classes and like i I really love that and like in the in some of your more traditional rpgs they're more about story as opposed to giving you that power to just build your army and kind of and 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 do that so uh I, i think i would go with tactical as well yeah, I um I played a ton of MMOs um all the way back to Ultima Online. I played the original kind of SSI D&D games. Um the one I'm going to recommend um and it's a shout out also to one of our Patreon guys. Um there was a Shadowrun video game for Super NES. Yes. Um that was shockingly good. Um and a um a not a remake, not a full-blown remake, but a um a spiritual remake called Shadowrun Legacy came out. I don't know, it's probably shit been uh it's like I guess 2012 is when it was funded on Kickstarter, but it's definitely on Steam. Definitely would recommend that you grab it. Um Shadowrun is a cool setting that I've played a little bit of. Um never um uh, struggled with the um the splitting like there's a there's an inherent mechanic with hacking at least the first edition when i played that kind of requires you to split the party in certain ways that i always kind of struggled with um but from a pure video game perspective that shadow run uh the shadow run video games are not the um group shooter i never played the um the multiplayer uh, fps but that shadow run cartridge and then the remake uh shadow run legacy are both um worth digging up and, and giving it a shot so um shadow run the, the fps was like one of the f- very first crossplay games oh really really yeah it's the first one i think did it crossplayed between windows or pc and xbox 360 huh. yeah i don't know what i was doing with gaming during that time frame there didn't was, one of the final fantasies do uh crossplay from the pc final fantasy 14 11 definitely did it it was on ps2 yeah ps2 you had to get a modem for your ps2 to play yep. Yeah, 14's having a bit of a renaissance right now. There was, yeah, uh, what I was reading an article on that their numbers are way up, partially Everyone's because quitting wow. Yeah, people are fed up with the Sylvanas storyline on um, Wow and um, the um, never played uh, it. Uh, I uh, 
I've been tempted to jump into 14 several times. I just it's good. It's really good. Like it's apparently really good and free to play up to level 60. 60 so yeah. like a big chunk of it's free to play just right I off the bat. I had not heard about any of the free to play info. Cause that was the thing that was keeping me. I was like, I don't think I can yeah. sign up for another monthly subscription for an MMO right now, but give it a shot. If, yeah. if it's got a free to play option, then I'll try, probably check that out. Yeah, I did. I've got 0.0 free time. It's um, <laughs> also turns out uh, editing like six podcasts and producing the bonus content for it. Um, is uh is a sisyphean boulder from which i shall not escape no it's um <laughs> i'm getting better but it just kind of eats up my time what i you know wh- where i do have time lately is the um and jamie and i talked about this a while like hades or hades um woof, that game is good and it is on xbox and pc now and you can hop in and do a quick run um i'm playing it on the switch because especially because i can just go okay 30 minutes and then you hit the button and walk away because otherwise you'll look up and it's two hours later because you're one more one run more run your way through it um and that's i'm not a big a uh not a big um roguelike guy but that is god that game is so good man that game is so good and has a decent story um and has a cool art design and um you know, is definitely something that uh, exceeded expectations in all means, uh, shape and form. So cool. Then I'm going to wrap this up, guys. As always, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, remember, it doesn't matter if it's your first time or your hundredth time. Come to the table to play. Come to have fun. Uh, we will um, post. Um, I don't think we have a ton of research. I don't think we did a ton of research or anything like this to to have any kind of backup, but we will post the audio and the VOD of this up for our Patreon supporters. As always, thanks to all our Patreon supporters, especially our Baba level supporters, uh, Lee and Matt, uh, who just stepped up uh, in, uh, in, a, hey, in a truly heroic fashion. I Matt. Um, so we, uh, we appreciate all of you. Um, uh, and you guys are uh, what are helping us put content like this out here next month. Um, we're going to continue to do the DMs. I think we'll do what um, we're going to keep doing these on Wednesday nights. So we'll probably do DM explainings throughout the end of the month. Um, and then uh, we're going to go to a rotation where we do the DM explainings uh, once uh, for the first week of the month um, to get, let us do a little bit more of a deep dive on some topics and give you guys the opportunity to do some research. If, if it's kind of a more obscure one um, to, uh, and then we're going to do a uh, RP versus M- min max character creation show. Um, a, a, uh, a character creation show uh, that's based off of a theme or uh, like an anime uh, conversion show jazz. Right. Um, and then we'll probably do like a guest, a guest interview talk show, maybe once a week or a second DM explaining. So that schedule will also kind of go up on our feed for anybody who wants the, the full details of that. Um, as always, if you've got suggestions of what you would like to hear us talk about, or you'd like more information on one particular subject, feel free to hit us up on social at GMDLcast on Twitter. Uh, that's where I pay most of attention to everything. If you're watching this on Facebook, hey, how you doing? Um, we are streaming this to Facebook uh, and, and YouTube at the same time. Um, but Twitter is really where I spend most of my time on social media. That's where I'm the most responsive. Anthony and Jazz are up there. Um, I think we've got their links in our in our show notes. Uh, but if not, I will get them out there for you guys. But um, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your point. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoyed the show. Peace. Peace.